right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the eternal saga here, policing in the city of Surrey. More twists and turns. Yeah, so the latest on this, I guess we're in a bit of a holding pattern here now Mm -hmm. because Mike Farnworth, he demanded that, he wanted that report from Surrey on policing on his desk by, or else... And he got the report finally, yeah. right? So he and his staff, I guess that's what's happening now. They're going through that They're going report. through the report. No idea how long it's going to take them to go through it and come to some sort of conclusion. Last time they took basically two months to go through the reports they got from Surrey and uh, the RCMP and Surrey Police Services. And hopefully they don't take as long a time to come up with a conclusion here. Uh, I don't think they will. I think it's going to be expedited because that first report, from the government side, already contain a huge amount of information. And the Surrey internal report, the corporate report, as it's called, uh, covers a lot of the same ground, obviously. So I think a lot of the groundwork's already been laid here. So I I don't think it's going to take that long to come to a conclusion. It's still really kind of difficult to predict what's going to happen here because, obviously, the the province has made it quite clear they want city... the city of Surrey to go ahead with this transition to this new local police force, the Surrey Police Service. But the question is whether they're willing to force them to do it. Yeah, right? and, and it's, it seems to be um, that the corporate report seems to have different financial numbers yeah, yeah. on the government side. Yeah. And that, as we talked yesterday, maybe that's the key here. If the Surrey, from Surrey's point of view, if their exposure to the Surrey taxpayer is so much more expensive with the SPS than RCMP. Is that an out for either side to go with the RCMP to cut down the exposure to the Surrey taxpayers? So that, I think that's the, one of the critical things here. Aside from staffing levels, which, of course, is what Farnworth, by statute, the statutory responsibility, has what, to be concerned about. So Mike Farnworth has already offered them $150 bucks here sweet, to help, to help with the cause. Maybe sweeten the pot maybe a little bit here. the pot a bit here. <laughs> if, if the numbers truly are uh, much higher uh, from Surrey's point of view than what the government is suggesting, is that uh, the, uh, the deal maker? On the other hand, if you sweeten the pot, what about the other municipalities? Oh, yeah. Right on the show here, Brad. What does Brad West and Poco say? Yeah. What does Mike Hurley and Burnaby say? Both have RCMP detachments there. Do they they're get mad. More... They're already mad about this. That's right. So, so... It's, it's, I think the government has to be a little careful about sweetening the pot here. Uh, because it does set a precedent, and it would have other municipalities with their hands up. Oh, let's talk about Surrey Councillor Rob Stutt here now. So there has been a ruling here by the city's ethics commissioner, and the report found that he was in violation of the code of conduct section, here. Section 21 of the code of conduct. Catherine Urquhart broke the story last night on Global um, and said he shouldn't have voted. But I'm not sure at the end of the day does it, does it change anything. And they voted again last Thursday. They haven't disclosed what the vote was, what the split was. The first vote that Stutt participated in was a 5-4 split. Um, if he hadn't voted, it would have been presumably 4-4 and would have been stuck with not passing. Uh, they haven't disclosed what the vote at Thursday, on Thursday was. There's rumors around that it was 6-3. Um, which means <laughs> it's so weird to be talking about. Yeah, oh, there's a rumor. rumor that's what the a vote rumor was. that uh, again, it was a secret meeting, uh, looking at a secret report, and they had a secret vote. Yeah, not exactly crying out for accountability and transparency here. So, so if, if this guy should not have voted, and he supports the RCMP, if they if if it was six three according to the rumor, 
they probably wouldn't they wouldn't have needed his vote anyway. Exactly. It would have been right. five, it would have been five three. Yeah. One assumes. But right. again, we're assuming a few things here because we don't because we don't know. It was all secret. But again, it's another. It just fits the the narrative here of just this story just going down these roads that nobody had foreseen. Uh, just another just another aspect of this. Okay, let's switch gears here and let's talk about this. Uh, this is a horrific story here. This uh, about the foster parents who were sentenced to ten years in jail for manslaughter, Chilliwack. six years for aggravated assault. This Chilliwack case, a death death of a foster child. You know, this is just a heartbreaking case. And let's listen to Mitzi Dean here, who is the cabinet minister responsible. Let's listen. I'm absolutely horrified, and. I, um, I take my role very seriously. I'm absolutely committed to making improvements in the delivery of services. Your thoughts? Well, Christian Robinson, Global Reporter, interviewed Mitzi Dean, Mitzi Dean by Zoom yesterday, asked seven questions about specifics. What is the minister, what, what, what went wrong here? What are you doing to fix it? Is there a review? And Mitzi Dean gave the same answer seven consecutive times, which was basically expressing um, sympathy and concern, but not really answering any of the questions. We're going to hopefully get more answers from her today. Um, that uh, It's always troubling when you deal with the Ministry for Children and Families, and this has been the case since I've started covering this, is they are bound by privacy yeah. concerns. They're bound by legal concerns. But it's frustrating to get admissions from that ministry about when something goes wrong, what is being done to fix it, or what what actually happened. And the lack of transparency from time to time, it hasn't always been the case, but it's been frustrating, I think, to a lot of people that they haven't been accountable. And then I found the minister's answers yesterday to be really kind of not acceptable in terms of providing any kind of informed response to what went wrong in this horrific situation yeah. where two kids were basically tortured Ugh. and the ministry didn't check on them yeah, for months. And the ministry has some answers, some questions that need to be answered here. And the minister, unfortunately, just said over and over again, I expressed sympathy and horror of what happened without getting into specifics. She did give some interviews to other news outlets and said that she, she acknowledged that this the child care system here in the province failed at every level, to use her words here, with the, the death of this child and the abuse of these children in this home. So, I mean, that's, I mean, just stating the obvious that... The ministry provided some, some answers yesterday, um, but the minister herself did not. Yeah, and like you said, you know, the question is, were these children adequately checked on mm -hmm. by the system? Right? Did they fall through the cracks? Why were they not? Why were they not According checked to Kristen's on? Kristen's story was seven months, right, uh, without checking. Yeah, and they were tortured. Absolutely horrific uh, story. We continue to follow for you. Let's talk quickly here about the the by the four by elections, federal by elections we saw this week, right? And this was a case where a lot of a lot of eyes on these by elections. The liberals and the conservatives. It was basically a wash. They held on to the seats they already held, correct? Yeah, two and two. Two and two, uh, yeah. However, when you dive a little deeper, the results are not good for the Conservatives. So the Liberals almost beat them in a rural Ontario seat that is usually a very comfortable Conservative win. The Liberal vote went up in these writings. The Conservative vote went down in three of the four. Um, these are by-elections. Usually do not favor the government. 
Uh, these are this is a good chance to sort of send a message to the government, which is why governments traditionally don't do well in by-elections. But in this case, the liberals actually did better than they did in in uh, general elections. So again, in in the zeal that Poliev has to outflank the right, he's losing the center. And you saw uh, the Winnipeg riding is a classic example. That's a seat that he needs to win, and the Liberals won that handily. Uh, and what also seems to be hap- happening, the NDP vote went considerably down, and it seems mm. to have gone to the Liberals. And if the Liberals Ooh. are now starting to, to swamp the NDP because the specter of Polyev and the, and the right um, governing Canada may frighten or stampede NDP voters into the Liberal vote. Strategic, strategic voting strategic to stop voting. Polyev. And yeah. that seemed to be, maybe that was on display in these four by-elections. Oh, okay. They did beat Mad Max, though, right? Ma- Max Bernier, the, the leader of the People's yeah. Party of Canada, he was running in one of these by-elections. He and he beat, got... him, beat him decisively. Yeah, so that's good, that's good for the Conservatives. That's good for the Conservatives, but again, I think they're, they're in their zeal to defeat the PPC, which is kind of like a a mosquito buzzing around their head. Uh, they're missing the bigger picture, which is you got to beat the liberals. Yeah. And they're missing the center. They're 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 in their zeal to soak up the the significant right wing. They're missing the center, and that's the Aaron O'Toole gave an interview to the Globe Mail this week. You've got to focus on the urban voter and the suburban voter, and and, and if, unless you do that, uh, winning the popular vote doesn't matter to to the conservatives. They won the popular vote twice, and they don't have. Uh, a government. Brian Mulroney, also a story that's getting a lot of play, uh, appeared at a, a function, an event with Justin Trudeau and sang his praises. Praised Justin Praised Trudeau his leadership. yes. And didn't mention Poliev by name, but decried the sort of the nature of politics these days, oh. which is this very coarse, partisan-driven politics. And, you know, Mulroney's had uh, Poliev and his wife over for dinner. So it's not like there's an, a, a schism there. I mean, you know, he's not throwing Poliev under the bus. However, by publicly singing the praises of Justin Trudeau and also decrying the level of political debate right now, that's got to send a message to the Conservatives. Well, remember what Mulroney told Poliev, too. He said, you've got to basically fish moderate. Where the fish are. You have to fish where the fish are. You have to move to the middle. Yep. You can't be, you can't, you got to, you got to moderate. You got to go to the yep. center. Where yep. the, that's where the, that's where you win. That's where you win. And yeah. he hasn't done that. Yeah. Okay. So, by-elections, you don't read too much into them, but I think he can read a little into these ones. It's Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Daryl and Coquitlam. Daryl, go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just want your opinion on some ads that the Conservatives ran against um, uh, Mad Max in Manitoba, where they showed him in a gay pride uh, t-shirt marching in a gay pride parade in order to really hammer home their support from the far right. Analysts have said that if the Liberals when they get a hold of that and they weaponize it during the next federal election, that they, that can cost Polyev seats here in Metro Vancouver, and some commentators believe up to 10 seats in the GTA. And I start to pound my head, Brian Mulroney was almost campaigning for Justin Trudeau. So yeah. a lot yeah, of... That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for the call. Go yeah, ahead. no, the Mulroney uh, event was quite, I think, quite... Revealing. I mean, uh, even though Mulroney's had Poliev and his wife over for dinner, as you say, remember his advice, fish where the fish are, move yep. to the center. And yep. Mulroney, the interpretation I got, Mulroney does not like what he sees with the Conservative Party. This tack to the right is not electorally feasible. 
you've got to fish in the middle, in the center, in the suburbs, in this urban areas of where there's a lot of progressive voters who are willing to vote conservative. They used to be called the Progressive Conservative Party yeah. under Mulroney. Yes. But those conservatives are absent from the any semblance of leadership in the conservative party as it exists today. Aaron O'Toole also calling out, again, without being critical, I'm just saying you've got to move to the, the urban and suburban voter. And right now they're not. Oh, didn't O'Toole try that? And it, that didn't work either. No. Oh, O'Toole know? took baby steps to, yeah. to that because he was also, uh, I think, outflanked by the right in his own party. You know, Andrew Scheer got more airtime than O'Toole did. Uh, and social conservatives. So he had a lot of ground to make up, and I just don't think he had enough time to do Paul that. Polyev must have been gritting his teeth listening to Mulroney there oh, praise yeah. Justin Trudeau. And I, I listened to the, I watched that whole thing last night, actually, and I was just amazed because Mulroney's praising him for his handling of NAFTA and his management of the pandemic and standing up to Donald Trump. Donald Trump. It just went over. It, just it went wasn't effusive. one line. It was, a, it was the basic theme of his speech yeah. was praising Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And when Tr- he, even Justin Trudeau seemed to be shocked when he came up afterwards. I think he was. Yeah. Um, again, it's got to really worry or enrage those hardcore conservatives who just yeah. hate Trudeau yeah. with a passion. For sure. Gurdip in Surrey. Hi, Gurdip. Go ahead. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, I think uh, we need to pay attention to what uh, Mr. Polyev is saying on ethnic radios or uh, ethnic media to... Uh, his message is quite different uh, to these audiences vis-a-vis, you know, uh, what he's saying through uh, mainstream media. I'll just give, leave that as a hint. Uh, for well, what, is he, what has he been saying? Well, he's, he's you know, he's uh, sort of, I'm not going to use the word pandering, but he's, uh, you know, let's just say his message is different than what he's saying uh, in, the, in the mainstream media. And uh, if called out, uh, he would be hard-pressed to explain himself. And, well, like on, uh, on what on what issues though? Like what issues is he talking about? Well, things like you know, for example, religious freedoms and mm-hmm. uh, you know, crime and all that. So it almost seems that what he's saying is not his actual position or the position of his party. So it's it's a sort of you know, it's convenient to the mo to the moment, and he thinks that you know, he that those voters are gullible that they can actually compare what he's saying to through their radio stations vis-a-vis what's coming out in the mainstream media. Also, uh, you know, uh, there was uh, something breaking on your 11 o'clock uh, news on Global about uh, the Ethics Commissioner's report on Councillor Stutt, mm-hmm. yeah. the investigation. Uh, we, that we ta- we, we, thank you. We talked about that. He was found in, he's found in contravention of the Code, Code of Conduct. Of conduct Section 21 of the Code yeah. of Conduct. Yeah, and we continue to ask him to come on the show, by the way, so we continue to put out the yeah, invitation we, for him. We've been trying on. to get interviews yeah. with Councillor Stutt. He hasn't Stutt commented anybody, as I can But it's interesting. His, his point about um, Poliev's comments in the ethnic media, it is interesting. Poliev would not be the fr- He's not the first politician to have a different message in ethnic communities yeah. than the so-called mainstream media. I mean, other politicians have done that as well, and there's a reason for that, is that there's the media is different. It communicates differently. So, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what specifics uh, the caller is referring to in terms of his mixed messaging. Yeah. Okay, 30 seconds here. Uh, when do you think, you, you touched briefly on this, but you think that this, this Surrey policing thing could just drag on for many more months? No, no. I don't think months. Okay. Not, uh, no, I think we're talking weeks, weeks uh, right. maybe two weeks. Um, again, no, I've got no information on the timeline. I just get the sense it's not going to take as long as the previous report. He thanks a lot. Dr. Mark. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.